Welcome to the Friends and Rivals podcast. Another goal wasn't his fault. Uh, I can't remember which one it was, but I wrote it down, so it must be must be accurate. Let's talk Devils and Islanders. Let's talk Penguins and Rangers. But let's not talk about Flyers, because they're a bunch of fucks, which no one can deny, which no one can deny. Episode Please. 93, oh. Friends and Rivals podcast coming at ya. I'm one of your hosts, Tom Hart, just joining me each week are... Steven Wojtowicz, Bill Fougere, Old and Fat Nick Larita. Uh, oh. Here is a Pat Maroon-sized happy birthday to Nick Larita. <laughs> Thank you, boys. Birthday. Who let this toddler onto the show? What the hell? <laughs> How old are you now? <laughs> 41. 40. Oh, jeez. 41. Jeez. 41. I had I had a, uh, a a a work dinner this evening, and I made a Laverne and Shirley reference because these people lived in Milwaukee, uh-huh. and they did not get the reference. <laughs> They're from Milwaukee. You would think that would be legendary in Milwaukee. I know. I I, I got a I got a bet. There is a statue somewhere in Milwaukee of Laverne and Shirley, right? Right. Be. Is isn't it like the the glove on the beer bottle, right? There's got to be something, yeah. Ah, just choom, right over their goddamn wow. heads, and I felt really. You should have gone. You should have gone with Wayne's World. Well, that's I, that's more Chicago, isn't it? No, Millie Walkie when when they're talking to Alice Cooper. Yeah, they probably would have gotten that. Ah, oh well, Laverne and Shirley. And then I followed that up by saying Lenny and Squiggy would have gotten it. And that... and they didn't get that because no. they didn't get Laverne and Shirley. No. Why, why would they? No. You literally just dug yourself deeper. <laughs> I certainly. You should, you should have explained how they were a spinoff from Happy Days. That would have gotten them back on board. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to start off with OV Watch this week. Uh, Alex Ovechkin. I feel like there should be lasers. Shum, 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 shum. Well, listen, Alex Ovechkin is 37 years old. He has played 26 games this year, has 13 goals and 12 assists for 25 points. He is... I'm leaving... What does Gretzky have? 894? 894. He's 101 goals. He's 101 goals short in his career. Uh, How many games played did Gretzky have in his career? 1487. Very good. Is it? And, and Ovi's at and Ovi's at thirteen hundred. Thirteen hundred even. So, one is Ovi going to break the record, and two will he do it in less games? Go. Break the record. Ovi. Yes. Record number of games. I'll say no. Like you'll be like real close. I, I think, yes, I think he does break the record, and I think he does it in about 1,470 games. So I'm going to say yes as well. I'm saying yes for sure. He's going to break this record. Um, but in 1,487 games, it's going to be nip and tuck. I, I, I did some math, and at his current career pace, he's on track to do it. He's got 0.61 goals per game. Wayne Gretzky's career, 0.601 goals per game. He's obviously in this part of his career going much stronger. Um, 
He needs to average 44 goals per full season to get there, uh, which he's done easily over the last several years. So, so is he I on pace he, for this year right now? It's going to be very close. Uh, is he on pace for it right now? For about 42. Is, is 42 goals? So the one thing that that Ovechkin has for him that Gretzky didn't is later in the career, Gretzky was just, you know, a shell of what he was. And what he was was just the, the greatest thing hockey has ever seen. But in those last years of Gretzky's career, he wasn't putting up 40 goals. He was he was fighting to put up 20 goals. Sure, he had a lot of assists. But with Ovechkin, what he has going for him is his later years. You know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when Nick was talking about hits leaders um, with uh, whoever the fuck on the Islanders it was. But Ovechkin was third on that list. And Ovi just keeps getting strong, keeps going strong and strong. I mean, can he keep this up at 37? Or could he? Could you start seeing the injury bug on him? I mean, we really haven't seen the injury bug with Ovechkin in his career ever, um, oh, other than but, maybe was it nineteen? But even 1920, that was a COVID-shortened year. Uh, the least amount of games he's ever played in the full 1920. Season. He's been around for a long time. Oh, shit. time, dude. Yeah, the, the the least amount of games he played in a full season was 72. That's that's pretty fucking impressive. You know, also, but that's irrelevant. The injuries are irrelevant. If we're talking about if he's going to get them in the same amount of games played, it doesn't matter if he plays a full season or not, as long as he keeps up the pace in the games that he plays. Sure, understood. But how how much longer? How much longer can he play? I mean, at this at this pace, he could probably play till he's forty. He's 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 the He's the NHL equivalent of Tom Brady right now. Yeah, easily. Yeah. I don't think it's him as much as it is the team around him. Are they going to continue to field a competitive team as they're kind of exiting their Stanley Cup years? Right? They're not going to be a competitive team in the next two or three years. Probably not. So are they going to keep a good, you know, keep talent around them, or are they going to try and and rebuild quickly by trading off players to get picks? Well, that that definitely is depended upon. I mean, this year they are sixth in the East. Uh, oh no, not sixth. Hold on, they're sixth in the wild card spot right now at twenty four points. Only what? five games behind Detroit or five points behind Detroit it would a minus 12 goal different. I mean, it's, it's unlikely that the caps are going to make the playoffs this year uh, at this point, the where it's, where it stands. Um, yeah, I, it, it really, I, I don't, I don't disagree with Steve. It really depends upon if they're going to start selling off assets. That's true. But wherever he plays, he's on the top line and everybody's going to be gunning at him to stop him. And he's always had that his whole career. So well, even if they don't have the kind of depth or they're not going to the playoffs, when his line's out there, they're still, they're, he's still driving the bus. Gus. <laughs> um, so let me, let me ask you a question. Is he a candidate to be traded or is he a, is he a cap? Is he a lifer? I think he's a lifer. I don't think they're trading him. He's got to, close relationship with the owner yeah and then um also he's kind of like i mean he's in that crosby 
you know, um, McDavid, you don't trade those guys, no. you know, you're not, you're never going to get the value for it that he brings, even if you did, right. Even if you supposedly did that, it's kind of like one of those shitty things your your you know, your organization does to make a buck, you know, but long-term legacy, he, he, he could, he could even like, you know, I mean, he could, they could trade him and he can come back and all that jazz. Lots of guys done it, but I, I always, it always feels so shitty. You know, I mean, like Patrick Kane's going to get traded later this year, you know, and it's kind of like wild to me because like his whole career is there. And you look at him, he's Chicago. Right. And some guys go to go chase a cup because of that. But he's, he's he has he's not going to chase a cup. He's got his cup. I mean, he probably wants to get another, of course. But realistically, what's really driving him to play? Is it? And I, I bet you it's less going to be the cup, less about the, the record, probably more about just enjoying it because he's, you know, what, 37, seven, you know, he's only got a few years left, man. I mean, he could play for another five years and easily break the record, you know, but I don't think he will. I think he'll probably break the record and then be like, it's kind of time. I've done it because, you know, I've I've accomplished everything. You know, he's not going to do a LeBron and and be like, I'm going to play until my son is, uh, is in, in the NBA. He's not going to do that. I mean, he's kid's obviously younger, but he wouldn't have done it anyway. He'd be like, nah. Oh, Vetchian's son's never going to play in the NBA. The, the real – so just to wrap this up, the real ridiculous <laughs> thing here is Ovechkin, 793 goals, 642 assists, 1435 points, right? Gretzky, 1963 assists. Yeah. I, I think that's the more dominant the, – that record will never it's 2857 career points it's insane the number he had more assists than anyone ever had points yeah it's still yeah it's can't touch it no it's it's pretty unfathomable the league keeps going up it feels like in points you know we keep seeing guys breaking 100 points you would have to break 100 points a season for 28 seasons. Good math. That's good math. Connor McDavid is, is probably the most <laughs> prolific playmaker in the NHL today, right? And he's proven that over the past yeah. years. And he's putting up, uh, you know, 100 plus points. I mean, you look at players like Gretzky and, and Lemieux, are they the only two players to put up 200 point seasons? Yes. And and they and they finished their careers like averaging Gretzky averaged one point nine two points per game in his entire career. Lemieux was at one point eight eight, and nobody comes within a half a goal, a half. I'm sorry, a half, half, a, a, half a point. Yeah, of of that level. That's right. ridiculous. It's just unfathomable what they did in the in the late seventies and, and and through the eighties. They would have to they would have to drop down to four on four full time. Or make some sort of drastic rule change, yeah. In order for that to happen, bigger nets, <laughs> yeah, kind of bigger nets and smaller goalies. So soccer, I guess soccer nets. Well, how big was? <laughs> I mean, you look at the size of the goalie back then. I mean, it yeah, was no, like it yeah. was John. It was Kirk McLean. John McLean. I, I have dark heart on the brain. It was Kirk <laughs> McLean and Chris Terreri and, and those guys. Those and were they the, were those the were least the athletic people ever. Yeah, yep. and you look at guys now, and they're and you look at Vasilevsky. You look at these giants that are in net with the with the larger size pads. Yeah, and it's 
there's something got to be done. You think, I, I don't know. You, the old time goalies were like, you want me to get down? What the <laughs> hell are you fucking talking about? I think in our, in our lifetime, this might be a controversial statement here, but I think we're going to see bigger nets in our lifetime. I would think so. It could happen. It could happen. I mean, the way, way that some of these guys are playing the hockey, and we'll talk about it later in the, in the thing, but I should say, way you got, some of these guys are playing goal is such a high level. The score, it is almost impossible to score without a deflection or a literal perfect shot being right. a one-timer. That is not only a one-timer, but a rocket pass to a rocket shot. Pinpoint, pinpoint accuracy. Because I'll tell you, boys, I saw that happen in one of the games in the aisles this week. And I mean, if it wasn't as beautiful of a freaking one-timer, it wasn't getting past the goalie. Yeah. And you're just like, and the, and, the, and the realization that hit me was like, holy shit, like you're just, these guys are so good that you can't beat them one-on-one. And I mean, like, you know, we'll get into that, but it's, I think at some point you're right. I think they're going to make the next bigger. I mean, or met, there's got to be yeah. there's got to be some sort of development equipment wise that can where the manufacturer can make a protective pad smaller or thinner or lighter. I don't think it matters. No, I don't. I don't think that is going to be where we go because the sticks keep. The problem is guys are hitting the fucking puck so hard, like you're going to have to make the pad somehow smaller and stronger. Or, you know, less, uh, whatever, less, um, you know, still protective, I should say. Yeah. More, like, keep the protection up, get them smaller. It's, I feel like it, it's going to be very difficult to do that. But it's going to be the easier solution would basically be to, to make the, side, the goal. The I mean, goal, I still the think they should bigger. be wearing less pads. Mm, yeah. Well. Make it, make it risky to get in front of that thing. But, but I don't know. Is it the pads so much has changed? Or is it the goaltender? the size, the athleticism of the goaltender has changed so drastically yeah. since those, those John McClain's and Chris Ferreri's Patrick Waugh and Brodeur. And these are just more athletic type of guys. Who are if bigger. you put them in smaller pads, regardless of their athleticism, there's just going to be more room. No, listen, I, I get it. I, I, I do understand that, but, but how much, how much bigger are the pads now compared to the mid eighties? Is it that drastic? It's pretty. I mean, I think <laughs> we so, can find yeah. a few pictures. Yeah, you know, good comparison. But it's also the goaltending. Yeah, like, but, right. yeah, but if you look at if you look at a, a goaltender like Grant Fuhr, who was a, a pretty big guy for being a goaltender back in the eighties, he he looked bigger in net just because he was a bigger guy. Yeah. I mean, Billy Smith and 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 the and the goaltenders that I talked about before were were smaller humans sure but, but they the, had the same gonna, size pads when grant fear took up more than that what i was going to say it was not actually the, the goalie size i was going to say it's the the, the style the butterfly style a hundred percent changing because those guys are standing straight up yes look at, look at those good 80s they, they played standing up you didn't go down like the same way you know it's completely different goal goaltending style i mean the guys be out of his out of position getting beat and looking stupid. You never see goalies like that now. No, you don't see. And they, like, even if you look at like, people make the argument that Hashik was the best goaltender ever. Right. And I think, you know, we probably had that discussion here that, you know, he was pretty damn good. If you can go through all the different goalies, right. 
Hasek was very athletic, but he was at a position all the time. I don't and he would make a argue. flopping save here or a, yeah, yeah, like it was incredible. But like you know, he was just out of position all the time because he'd make these crazy fucking moves, but he can get back in the into in the position. These guys these days, they're like the opposite. They're right. just so robotic. Right, it's insane. They just you just can't. They never they never out. slide past the post when they go post to post. No, no. Yeah, I don't I don't see that getting any different. It's just going to be. So how much bigger of a net would be big enough? I don't think it should be much bigger. No, I agree with Nick. I don't think they're going to be like, like soccer style always, right? Like the outside, the outside of the post becomes the inside. I think a post is two inches. I think a post is two inches wide. If you make it two inches more all around, I think you're fine. And they got to do it incrementally, like very small increments at a time. And, Kind of check it out and see how where it goes because you don't want to. Do you think? Do you think the NHL should just? Score. Do you think the NHL should just fuck with people and just start making them bigger without saying anything? <laughs> an eighth just of an inch every season for sixteen <laughs> seasons. That'd be a great, um, like April Fool's joke. Like they have an actual inch game, put a goal that's like an inch bigger all around. See and just misses. see and just see what happens. <laughs> so, by the way, I brought the stat up. Uh, uh, seasons where somebody had over a hundred assists. There's only three guys on that list. Can you guess all three? Well, Gretzky's obviously one of them, mm-hmm. right? Really number one. Yeah. Yeah. Lemieux is number is is another one. It was the third guy. It's a tough one. I wouldn't have got this because it's just eighties. No, not eighties. You want us to say Bobby Orr, but I don't. I don't. I don't think it's, it's Bobby, Bobby Orr. Orr. I'm gonna cut this off. It's Bobby Orr. Is it Bobby uh-huh. Orr? Bobby Orr. Only other guy. Mm. Uh, from there was uh, thirteen times this happened in the NHL. Gretzky has 11. <laughs> that's, that's, that's okay. That's why it's un. And I bet you Lemieux did it once and uh, Bobby Orr did yeah. it once. If I have that's to, ex- that's Bill, is that correct? Uh, correct math. Is that, is that math. up to 13? Oh, way to go. Yeah, you, you hit it against. Steve's math has been impeccable today. I couldn't <laughs> believe when you pulled the fractions out before. One eighth of an inch for 16 seasons. I, it blew my mind. It's unbelievable. He's spot on. Wild. 800 on the math portion of the SATs today. <laughs> All right. I've been trying to find the 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 average sized NHL player about eight inches from from the Wait, 80s. In, in more specifically, the goaltenders <laughs> from the 80s uh, to today. And I I really oh, haven't. Good found luck them. with that one. I, yeah, Google no, Google hasn't spread their wings sad. that far yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean. There, I think we can get it today. I mean, you'd have to go through and and do it yourself. I think you'd have to pick a couple goalies from then and get their size and weight and pick goalies from now. 
Yeah, but I, I, I really think it, it, it has a lot to do with the athleticism and the size of the goaltender today compared to back then. I don't necessarily believe it, it is in the pads. I just think we got bigger, stronger, faster, taller, wider people, humans in, in today's world yep. than we had back in those days. And then it hasn't changed. Yep, that's true. I mean, Vasilevsky's the athlete today is a much stronger athlete. Oh, oh, be careful. But I mean, it it's it, but it's not going to change the fact that Alex Ovechkin will break Gretzky's goal record and probably do it in fewer games than Gretzky did, just by the sheer end of both of their careers compared. And Ovechkin yeah. is obviously winning that battle he didn't have well, that yeah but off. but gretzky had 800 gretzky broke Howe's record in, in way fewer games like a thousand games yeah but the majority of gretzky's goals and points and everything came in the first two-thirds of his career the final yeah, but, third of his career i mean come on he it was it was the name but i'm not, not saying he, did, his, he couldn't his last play. few years pace he's chasing his overall records I know, not but Jason his last few years. But what was his pace for two thirds of his career compared to the last third? The last third of his career drastically brought down the pace of points, goals, assists, all that stuff. Yes, but but he's not trying to follow his pace. Is what I'm saying. No, he's not. He's he's just. That's he, not the, what I'm the saying. Records Bill. Are the records are what they are, and and. Ovi is behind Gretzky's pace technically, but he's, but yes, he should be much stronger going back into the back, uh, back end. Yeah. To the back nine, as they say. Yes. Yeah. It is, uh, it's, uh, listen, it's, it's comparing their two careers. And, and I mean, you, you, you look at, I mean, you compare anybody to Gretzky and, they, and they're just going to lose that battle, but you know, the, it, it shows the testament of what Ovechkin has done in the NHL. I mean, Good Lord. And his first season in, in 05, 06, he had 52 goals. Last year, in his 17th year, he had 50 goals. Yeah, and, and he played right through the dead, the real dead puck era. Oh, yeah. Like, that was... Oh, yeah. He has also played through a COVID-shortened season, and he's also played through two lockouts. Two lockouts. Well, you don't you don't play through a lockout. You're locked out. Uh, understood, you but they're don't play. They, a half season considerably... You know, in your prime, who knows the the season they the season they played forty eight games. He had thirty two goals. He could have had six. He, he could have had had double. He could have had double yeah. the goal total that year. I'm not saying that's. I mean, that's. I don't know. He'd be a lot closer to Gretzky's record right now, if if he didn't have to go through all that shit. So, fascinating conversation. All right, that's twenty minutes. <laughs> Well, at least we didn't do it at the end of the show like we almost did last week. My goodness. (laughs) All right. We're and listen, this is uh this is the part of the show where where things start to go downhill for me. Um, so you're you're gonna this is my favorite part of the show. You're gonna see a version of Tom um that you may not have seen very much of uh in the past 92 episodes. So we're gonna just call him just irrational Tom uh for a lot of this um for the rest of the remaining of this podcast but okay we're we're about the third of the way through the nhl season um what does everybody need Oof. what do we need nick what listen you nick the islanders goaltending 
is pretty solid. Your defense core, you know, is you know, second to just about none in the NHL right now. You probably could use another what top six forward and probably another top six forward. Uh, you know, it's weird. I think I think that would really help. You know, if elite. So it's I guess there's always that adage of like you add a a really solid you know player somewhere like a top six forward. And that eases everyone else's job, you know, makes it easier. Like the second line, third line, have easier time scoring. The matchups are a little better and it just clicks. And maybe that's what it is. Um, I think uh, it's hard to figure out like who the guy or guy is. I don't know if Kane's the guy, to be honest. I don't think we should go for him. I mean, I'd rather somebody that's, you know, younger, that better defensively can fit in. But obviously scoring goals is, is good. But the team's been scoring goals. So I don't know if that's really what we need. Um, hard to say, um, but you know what? It's, it doesn't hurt, right? You, you gear up, you try to get somebody that's not going to break the bank and uh, be the right, the right piece. I mean, in dynasty years, that's what they, they, they did the same thing. Um, and they, they picked up the right piece and they, they were able to go and, you know, win on, win, win four cups. Uh, and it wasn't just, you know, the guys they had, they, they made, they picked up pieces they needed to, when they, when they get, uh, to get over the hump. And I think it's the same here, you know? We see it every year. Teams are going to make a make a move or two, and I think it'll be something like that. Something like a uh, one one forward might do it. Um, they might go defense. Who knows? Um, they might not feel that having Aho and Salo as six and seven are enough. They could go pick up a veteran defenseman. Anyway, I think uh, the the they have a very balanced scoring. I think we could just get enough out of more goals out of Barzal and potentially give him a, a winger that could get that from, you know, help him with there, get some, you know, additional uh, pressure off him potentially on that, on that line that he's, he's been buzzing all season. He just hasn't scored goals. He scored very few. And, um, but he's been much better and he's been really living up to that, you know, uh, the contract. So I think yeah, if, he sometimes, can, if he can, yeah, but sometimes you don't need that big scoring winger, you know, on a line. Yeah. Let me look at the Rangers last year. Who they got? Who do they go yeah. out and got? They got Andrew Kopp and they got Frank Vitrano, two lower tier yeah. guys that really help balance the team out better. And I, I think that might be what maybe what the Islanders would. Here's look a here's a name for Nick. Thirty years old, he's coming up on uh, unrestricted free agency, and he just played against the Rangers. Tarasenko. That's going to cost a good you one. a lot. It's going to cost you a lot, though. It's going to cost maybe not a the, lot because he's name coming up is on unrestricted free agency. Well, it's going to cost a top prospect, or it's going to it's going to cost you a very high draft pick. Is that someone you want to give up for Tarasenko? Uh, that's the kind of player he's but, talking about, you know, though. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's be, not. You know, but last week when we were talking about Patrick Kane, it it didn't sound like that. That was the avenue that the Islanders would want to go to where they had to sacrifice a lot and not get any, you know, terms. This is a player that they're more likely to resign though than Kane. But how much is he going to cost him? Is it still going to cost him seven, $7 million a year? Tarasenko, the name alone is going to, is going to warrant $7 million a season. No, I don't think so. I mean, sometimes let's if you, I mean, I, I wasn't really looking at Tarasenko, but let's just look at his stats really quick, right? So, so he's 82 points last year. So he's played pretty fucking good. So, um, and he's just, he's 18 and 18 points in 22 games this year, six goals, yeah. 12 assists. 
he's playing well. I mean, he's on a team that's not What's playing. his cap hit? 7.74? But this is the last year of his contract. So and, and I also have more than enough cap space to, you know, at the, the trade deadline to uh absorb him. That's not the problem. And and he could come on. Maybe he'd be great to come on and maybe they can resign him for a decent amount, but they'd have to obviously figure out how who he's replacing. You know, uh, in terms of if, if you're, you have to still resign Mayfield and some other, I think guys have to get, uh, would have to be look at. I can't, I don't have it up in front of me, but the point being that, you know, if you're going to sign, if you're going to trade for him, they want to resign him, just like they did with Peugeot, just like they did with, um, uh, Palmieri. It'd be the same deal. So we'll see. Yeah. But the, but the one thing that Tarasenko does have, he's only 30 years old. 30 years. Yeah. And he's sure. th- he's a 30 40 goal scorer. He's and you don't think he's going to make seven million dollars next year? He's 100 going to make. Oh, yeah, he might make eight million dollars next year in his next contract. But if he's if he's making seven eight million, then someone's got to be moved. That's that would be it. So, but that's a problem for tomorrow next year, right? That's not a pro- off season. That's not a problem for now. Right, but, the let, but last it. week you were looking for guys more with term or had that youth yeah. and and but the ability to resign and maybe even in a restricted free agency. Yeah, I, but the thing is, keeping the team younger too, right? Tarasenko, while he's great, he would—he's thirty. So I mean, right? But, it doesn't, but Patrick Kane is what thirty-four, and he, I'm not looking. I don't for think Kane, he's not going to cost you. He's not going to cost you eight million dollars next year. I think he's maybe in the six point five range next year, just because of his age and where he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's possible. It's—it's it's not the thing, right? It's like I could the, be dead wrong about that. By the way, Patrick Kane only making six five next year. I could be probably dead wrong about that. Yeah, I don't know what he's going to be making, but some will probably pay him more than that. But no, my point is the team's guys keep – if we're going to get a guy like Tarasenko, it's, it's – we're trending in the same direction, and I think we have to get younger. I don't know if that's the right long-term play because it's it's a good short-term, and I, I'm not denying that you add him at the playoff run, he might not resign. Or if, he, if you do, he has to come at either a discount or someone's got to go because you can't keep signing an old guy – like old guys guys in the 30 and up for five year, six year deals you're just going to eventually it's going to run out of time you're going to be in like the king's chicago post cup wins era you know where they're just starting to like they run out of prospects to throw away and now they're all old guys so you know and i think that the lou i think is is realized that and not hasn't done that well, I shouldn't say he hasn't done that. He's been moving towards, you know, trying to get younger guys in and, and rotate the, the players in from, from the um, AHL. I'm hoping that's the direction, but we'll see. So, anyway, goalies are good. Defense is good. Maybe a, a seventh, six, seven defenseman just to, you know, for a playoff run. Maybe a Tarasenko-like player. I'd really like to see us not throw another first-round pick away for Tarasenko directly unless he comes back in for, you know, five mil or six mil a year. But, you know, that's the problem. If you, you wrap all this money up in him in another five, six years, it's going to look real bad in like, you know, in a few years. We'll see. Yeah, but uh, I, I think if you were to do more of a, a compensatory deal where you, you give them the second regardless and then it turns into a first if you resign them. Something yeah. along those lines. Look, if they did that and they win the cup, I don't give a shit what happens. <laughs> yeah. the cup. Wow. So, yeah. Everything I'm saying is just without that even being factored in. It's more of the just, hey, I just don't want us to throw more first-round picks away for older guys, even for just a few years. So we'll see. All right, New Jersey Devils, 25 games played, 20 
wins. Are they the only? No, Bruins also have 20 wins. Uh, Four losses, one overtime loss for 41 points and a plus 36 goal differential. I mean, we, I, I think Nick hit the nail on the head last week when he said, stay fucking healthy. That's all. That's what they need. Now, the last week, week and a half, they, they've really been exploited with their slow starts, and they've really hung around in some games and, and gotten lucky a couple of times, definitely uh, Saturday against the Flyers. So, you know, could they be coming back down to earth? Absolutely. What is coming back down to earth going to look like? You know, what's this team really? Obviously, they are not a 20 wins every 25 games team. Like, that's just not who they are. They've been playing above their their capabilities all year. Um, but what is this team really? So they need another, I think if there was needs, it's another power forward. You know, they got a lot of finesse on the team. They need a rugged player. They've been exploited with Bastion being out. Um, the edge that he brings in the wing, his net front presence on the power play, they've really been exploited in that area. So that's the kind of player they need to go get. The game, the game gets more grinding in the, when you when you're going to the playoffs. So like that, yeah, that it, right. It's the completely different animal. Different game. So yeah. I don't think. Uh, no, I think you know what I like. What Akira Schmidt's brought to the team, I think he he hasn't looked out of place. He he won that game on Saturday against Philly. Fuck them. Fuck Philly. Fuck the Flyers. Fuck Philly, man. All right, Billy. The the Penguins have uh, clawed their way back into a wild card position. They currently sit. Uh, well, the Rangers just kind of leapfrogged them, but the Penguins have three games in hand on the Rangers. Um, so, Penguins, what do they need? Oh, I I I have a little bit. So what are we talking about for the Penguins, quote-unquote, needing something? Are Listen, we... I think our segments are going to be a little long because there's a laundry list of things that we both Dude, there's <laughs> uh, For the Penguins to actually be a Stanley Cup? It would also be better if we can hear you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. For whatever, you're, you may be getting a little too emotional and your microphone <laughs> is cutting out because it's scared of the words coming out of your mouth. I don't know, uh, but you're, you're you're cutting in aloud a little bit. I'll speak a little. Is this speak any better? Is this any better? Yeah, it's a lot better. Okay. So the two things could literally get the Penguins to Stanley Cup contention, and that's either a time machine or a fountain of youth. Um, <laughs> but if we're talking about you know how we could make the Penguins a little bit better uh, for to to try to get to a playoff spot or a secure playoff spot uh i mean uh you know obviously um it, it's it's not so much about personnel it's about the power play getting on track it's uh defensive effort getting more consistent there's no cap space to to add or, or do whatever oh, man. what they got they're not going to swing at patrick kane you know that 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 would that could make it interesting if they if they ever did but how would they ever do it they, they can't so I mean, uh, yeah, just speaking realistically, what it's it's getting a, a better at those at those units that are that are underperforming, um, getting points in overtime, uh, which they're not doing at all, 
and uh and and they need the rangers to keep struggling quite frankly because if you're looking at if you're looking at the islanders the devils and uh and the and the kings you're not catching them no not a chance in hell so uh yeah if, if you don't want to be the number five guy you've got to look at what the rangers are doing and keep pace there so the rangers actually did not leapfrog the penguins um the rangers only got to 29 points i read that wrong my my apologies um but the Penguins still do have two point, two games in hand on them, and and look, I, 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 I there's a lot of truth to to what Billy said there, and it's about those players playing up to their potential a little bit more. Um, this this is a a very similar roster, like I said in the beginning of the season, that went to the Eastern Conference Final last year. Um, so these players know how to score and they know how to play, uh, and and you got better in certain areas and you got a little worse. But you you really needed those those young players to develop and turn into something. Keandre Miller was supposed to have a breakout year. Well, it's not happening. He's not having a breakout year. He's just you know been average at best. Capo Caco, Alexei Lafreniere, these guys were 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 drafted extremely high, and they were supposed to take that next step this year. That has not come. Um, you can you can debate that that the third and the fourth lines haven't played up to their potential, um, and that is very true, uh, especially when you look at the bottom tier players like Ryan Carpenter, um, who who is really maybe not justified, but 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 justified because of the scratches um, that he is being picked on here. Uh, he was he was a player that was brought in to really solidify that fourth line, and 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 you know take hold of it like Kevin Rooney did when he was here, but, and he was brought in for face-offs and he's really not done any of that. Um, you had to trade one of your probably more energetic guys and Ryan Reeves in order to create some cap space for what you hope will be a successful season. And at the trade deadline, and you look at, at someone like Sammy Blay. Now, Sammy Blay last year before he got injured was on, uh, was on a pace uh, to where, you know, okay, you trade Buchnevich and, and you get this this guy back um, who wasn't really fitting in with St. Louis, but he was a banger on the boards and, and he can really solidify that right side. This year, he hasn't been able to do that. Um, coming off a very serious knee injury last year in his ACL, um, it typically takes time for these players to get back to where they were. And look, he's got youth on his side, but how long do you continue to, to stroll him out there um, without really being an offensive threat in, in any stretch of the imagination. Um, I don't, I don't know. So, you know, Hayek won the, the, look, there's, there's too many things wrong right now. And that's the problem. There's players not playing to the potential and they need, they need better players in the bottom, um, in the bottom, you know, fourth line or the the bottom two pair i mean they did just need better players there and they don't have those better players so are the rangers better off going with one guy at the trade deadline and 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 blowing the entire farm on patrick kane in hopes that he meshes again with with uh, you know panarin or do you go out there and you make three or four subtle moves to really add depth to your team and you get a, a player like tyler mott you get a player like frank for you get a player like 
like Andrew Kopp, not these guys, but players like them that really brought a balance to your team to, to really solidify what you want to do. And I think that's what the Rangers really have to look at um, and, and, and make, and if shit's not working right now, start making moves. Look, I, I know that they, they beat St. Louis tonight, um, but it was a struggle, man, against the St. Louis team that is uh, not very far away from where Chicago or Ottawa is from right now. So, I mean, I, I know we're going to talk about these guys. In, in fact, let, let's segue right into um, uh, Ride the Metro. Sponsored by Nestle Quick. Hello, boys and girls. Do you hate the taste of regular milk and need energy? Try Nestle Quick. One sip and you can feel the energy in your muscles. Nestle Quick, now available in chocolate and strawberry. They say the real men drink pink. Then I'm a real man for sure. But if you like the brown, I still love you for who you are. Because it's time for acceptance of everyone, all preference. We're all quick on the inside anyway. Nestle Quick, it does the trick. Such, and a, that's, such a morose segue there. And, and yeah, it, it's but it's look, you you had the opportunity to go out there and really solidify yourself against teams that you should beat. They're they're the bottom tier of the league. And how you made your points last year is when you played these teams, you beat them. And there wasn't a debate about you know who won the game or oh you won the shootout or man, it was really close. You beat these teams by a good one, two goals. Uh, and this year, you're you're just not getting that. You're you're not beating the teams that you should beat. You're not beating anybody right now. And you know, losing the way you did against Ottawa at home, and then really laying a fucking egg against the Blackhawks. Uh, why would Patrick Kane want to come to this team? You know, he controls his own destiny. What is in it for him to come to a, a struggling Rangers team that really? I don't know. You, you, you have to have players flying at other people and trying to injure them in order to, to, to make some headway in order to, to, to do something for your team. And, and Athanasio say what you will, but everything he said about Truba, you know, he's not scoring, he's struggling this year. He's got to go out and try to injure somebody in order to make an impact on the team. It's all true. As much as, as I like that type of play and I like Truba going out there and looking to make a big hit to spark his team and to really get that energy involved. What else has Truba done this year other than sacrifice goals and be out of position and give up the puck that lead directly to game winning or game tying goals. That's all Truba has done this year. And look, I like the fact that he at least tried to do something, but it's been a real struggle for, for Jacob Truba this year. Um, and it's uh man, it, he's a minus eight on the season and he just, he just needs to get his game back, whether he's injured, it's the added pressure of being the captain uh, or it's just an off year for him, but you know, he, this is not the player that they signed and, uh, and he's having, a, he's having a real, real big struggle. We talked about the bottom six, 
uh, scoring hasn't been virtually non-existent other than maybe Goudreau and Gauthier chipping in on occasion. But other than that, you got nothing. We talked about the blaze thing. Um, Zach Jones was, was sent down. It seems like uh, Libor Hayek has won the, the sixth defenseman spot. And I think Jones was just a little too small uh, and couldn't really handle those large forwards. He Look, he's a great offensive talent, and he's going to be a really good offensive defenseman. But right now, he just can't handle those guys down low in the trenches and, and beat those guys. Uh, Panarin, it's been a struggle. If he's not on the power play passing and, and getting assists that, and getting a points that way, he's just not been that superstar that the Rangers signed and need uh, right now. And he needs to start taking over games. And, and, and it seems like a broken record here, but for the past three weeks, I've been talking about Halak and he was just, look, the entire team was bad in front of him, but he was really bad in that Chicago game. And I really do think it's time to cut ties with him. Just trade whatever you can get for him. Maybe they can't get anything for him. Maybe it's time to send him down to Hartford and try something else. But Halak is your backup. Just is not working. And you got to make a move. You got to do something. They coming into tonight, there was uh, they got three out of a possible six points. And they were lucky to get that, that third one against the Ottawa senators on Saturday night. And it's just been a, a tremendous struggle all season for the Rangers. And you're looking for that one thing to break them out of it. You know, tonight was a, a good effort against St. Louis. The game went back and forth. And I didn't catch a lot of it. I did have other commitments I had to make tonight. Um, but the road does not get any easier between now and the end of the season. Uh, because this week, you got to go on the road to Vegas and Colorado before coming home with a date against the New Jersey Devils again next Monday night. So you, you had the opportunity to go get some points last week. You didn't do it. There's nothing to tell me that you're going to go out into Vegas and Colorado and other than lose those two games and then drop another, drop another one on Monday night. So it's time for them to put up or shut up, go out and prove me wrong because right now uh, it's, it's not just me. I think it's the entire fan base who has lost the confidence in this Ranger team to do anything or even to turn it around. Is it going to be the line juggling that you saw tonight? I mean, look, and the only reason that line juggling came around was because he was hurt again. And, you know, Gallant benched Goudreau and Kreider for stupid mistakes. I would love to see that that line of Zibanejad and Lafreniere and Kako stay together for, for a little bit longer and see what happens. I would love to see that, but we'll see it. You know, it's, nobody knows what to expect anymore because you know, the struggles on the power play and it, what they, they scored a, a couple of power play goals tonight uh, against a really bad St. Louis team uh, who has been really, really bad on the, on the penalty kill. Um, you know, just at, you wait for Billy's segment that that's coming up with the, uh, the Penguins game against the, the blues last week or, or on Saturday or Sunday, whenever it was um, the blues have been a really bad penalty kill team and Gallant's just not willing to change his power play units up a little bit change just change one or two people and juggle for the first or second unit just to see what happens he just keeps rolling them out rolling them out rolling them out 
So I don't know. Was it was it line juggling tonight? I don't know. It was maybe it was necessity line juggling because he benched a couple of people for not showing effort in a game where you need to show some fucking effort. Oh, poor guy. Don't don't you feel bad for him? No, you shouldn't. <laughs> and if you do, you're missing the point of this podcast. Not at all. All right, James Dolan's gonna fix. Who's fucking next? God damn it! I'm tired of talking about the Rangers. <laughs> Icelanders. That's a great segue. Oh man, uh, this week. Uh, yeah, so one and two this week. Lost to the Philadelphia Flyers. Fuck them. Uh, fuck them. Fuck em. Uh, at at fuck Philly. The Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. Uh, fuck and him. gritty. Fuck game Pat, start. Fuck Gino. <laughs> Yeah, fuck those guys. They don't even have to make G6 anyway. Um, best places are always off. Cheese whiz is dog shit. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. That's disgusting. All right. So, anyway. Um, now, wait. <laughs> hold on. We got to get back to track here. I don't want to have it outside of Philadelphia. Look, look at Nick trying to keep the fucking podcast on the tracks. Come on. We got we to we wrap this shit up. Yeah. Um, Wake me up in 25 right. minutes when he's done. Uh, I'll, I'll scored early in the uh, five on three and then immediately let up a shorty on the ensuing five on four. Um, kind of how the game felt. Um, the goal in the five on four was kind of like, wasn't Sorokin's fault, just kind of like a broken play. He got tipped, it tipped in, went uh, top shelf on a fucking weird play. Um, and then uh, a pretty much, uh, you know, Another goal wasn't his fault. Uh, I can't remember which one it was, but I wrote it down, so it must be must be accurate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was off the faceoff or something. Was that yeah, it was right off the faceoff. Hayes scored off the faceoff, like immediate shot, like no ability to even react, just perfect shot, top corner. Um, empty there third go- in the third period for for the Flyers, so then the three one, um, but. You know, no, uh, no third period comeback. I think I mentioned that already. A um, couple posts, they, they hit. They just need to put these games away, man. They they, they gotta finish these games. Uh, lost another game uh, to Na- Nashville at home. Uh, weird stat: uh, Nashville is extended their now nine straight win streak over the Isles. Um, wow. Bizarrely, we can't we can't beat them. Um, oh, and then um, so yeah. Uh, no goal in the first. There was a we didn't have a a bad you know a shitty call of the week, but uh, the Anders Lee uh, no goal uh, was would have been a probably could have been a good good uh, candidate. I did send it to you guys in text. Uh, basically, puck just died on the line, like mm. the and you can't see where the puck is because the goalie skate goes over top and and it you can't really tell. But it, it looks like he just moved it just a little bit over the line. But again, you can't tell, you can't see it, and it's just it was a no goal. Um, and then uh, a couple goals happened by uh, Nashville. One was a uh, both both perfect shots, by the way, both in power play. One cross ice, absolute laser, but the pass was a rip. Cross ice, it was in air. I watched the replay, and it was like it's Ugh. in air, and he just rips it out. Like, just as it hit, touches the ice. Top corner, no, no chance. Another one was off from point. Of, yeah, if you get a chance to look it up in that in the National Isles game, you watch that out of the slow mo. It's a ridiculous shot, ridiculous pass. Um, only way to beat Sorokin in that in that game in that scenario. 
The other goal was a, another a blast from the the point top shelf, one timer, you know, passing back and forth, and I mean, perfect shot, just perfect. Um, other than that, Sorkin was perfect. Other than that, he just didn't lay anything else in. Isles uh, got a you know late goal, and um, you know couldn't. Uh, you know, Barzell finally broke through in that game. He was all over the ice. He even had a breakaway he missed um, in the game. Um, but, uh, you know, he finally gets a goal, and uh, he needs to, f- just to shoot more. He needs. He's, he's, he was all over the place. Great passing, great shooting. Well, great moves, I should say, not finishing. So not great shooting. Um, but um, 49 shots on net, and uh, they couldn't win it. Two empty netters made it 4-1, um, but it was really a, a very tight game. And uh, Isles really should have should have been able to, to take that one, but just the kid uh, Lackanen, uh, he uh, he was great for the Preds. Um, last game was uh, Chicago, um, three three zero win. Uh, Isles basically took over in the second period, scored three goals, um, and uh, Varley got a shutout. Um, and uh, it wasn't really an exciting game, yeah, so that was kind of the the big deal, big thing this week. Um, St. Louis at St. Uh, at home, Jersey in Jersey, then Carolina all in this week coming up. So busy schedule to, uh, two very good teams. And then St. Louis is no slouch. So yeah, be a good week. Might be a little slouchy. Um, a tremendous slouch. <laughs> So yeah, the, the the Penguins start of the week with uh, with some with some bad news. Um, they went into their game on Tuesday night and uh, and they were they didn't have their number fifty eight, Chris Letang, um, and uh, and they didn't say anything about that through the broadcast on Tuesday night, except for the fact that he wasn't playing. But they didn't say why. And then it came out the next day that he had had the second stroke of his career, but it was only a little one, a minor one, and he's oh, feeling fine and. Good. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I don't know. Like Did you have a minor stroke. It's, it seems like it. That's how they're kind of playing it. Like uh, as, as a fat man, I should really know a lot more about strokes, but I, I don't, I'm not really well educated on the subject. They sound really scary. Um, but this one, you know, Latang felt like he was ready to go uh, by Thursday. He felt fine. Um, but you know, the penguins are obviously they're. I don't know what, but they're, sending him for tests and they're you know you gotta you gotta exercise caution here obviously because it's uh it's all related they say to it's like a condition that he had at birth uh, a hole in his heart and like i geez at birth like why haven't they fixed that yet come on go go fix the hole get some get some silly think... putty get in there and spackle patch man that fucking hole i have a, like bazooka or something yeah spackle it sand it send him on his way um but uh, yeah, so so that that was scary, but it, it it doesn't seem to be career threatening. But at the same time, we have no idea when he's coming back. Could you um, imagine playing two days after you had a stroke? No. Does anything say hockey player more than that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not much. You're on target there. Um, and 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 I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want to kick the guy when he's down or anything. But you know, uh, Latang was a. Uh, it was a minus seven when he went out of the lineup. I, I I don't think you know as as great as he was last season. As much as they need him, I don't think in the short term they missed him all that much this week. Uh, and what he was bringing to the table, uh, and who knows, maybe there was something health related that was slowing him down. I think Billy so. thinks it was a fake stroke. 
think he faked it just to get out of the lineup. <laughs> just faked it so get him out of the lineup. <laughs> That's not what I said. I just but the the Penguins went on without him last week. And so this week for the Penguins, they uh, they had a home game with Carolina on uh, last Tuesday. Um, they scored in the last minute to to tie it up and push it to uh, overtime, which was great, but. Um, I kind of referenced this before and what the Penguins need to do. They need to get some points once the game goes to overtime because they're just giving them all in the season. They've, they've had four overtime losses, no wins. They did get one to a shootout, which they actually pulled out a couple weeks ago. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they, they seem very uh, laissez-faire about chasing after those points when overtime starts. And, and they need, you know, for a team that's at best going to be on the playoff bubble they, they've got to try to grab some points to use overtimes instead of just laying back and losing them. And this one against Carolina was really, really kind of irked me because uh, in the overtime, Brian Rust got railroaded into the into the wall. Obviously should have been a penalty. Obviously should have been a penalty, but they didn't call a penalty. So uh, what did the Penguins do? Petri goes after the guy who hit uh, Rust. And Carter literally stands there and watches. And so with no penalty called, Carolina just grabs the puck and goes down two on a one jury. And the game's over. There was no chance. Um, I mean, play the whistle. I, I get wanting to, to have somebody answer for, for a dirty hit. You know, I, I, I get reacting and, and sticking up for a teammate. But you got to have – you got to know there's points on the line and, and they're important. So, uh, so that was that game with Calgary then. Um, the rest of the week was went a little better. You know, they played uh, Vegas on Thursday night. That was a back and forth game. They they won four three, and Vegas is playing at a very high level this season. So it was nice to see the Penguins take care of them uh, at home um, and and stick with them and and uh, and prevail. You know that it's important that they're going to protect home ice because uh, they played so much of the early season on the road and uh, where they're at now. And and they they've got to uh, you know they got to be a tough opponent at home and, and beat some good teams. So that was a good one. And then, and then Saturday they played St. Louis. And, and I mean, we've been bashing St. Louis a little bit tonight because they just, that team stinks. They stink at defense. <laughs> they stink at goaltending. What has um, happened to Jordan Bennington, man? Holy Bennington. The, the thing that happened with Bennington, uh, the incident <laughs> against the Penguins was uh, in the second period when he was down three to one. Uh, and, and Jason Zucker was on the forecheck going behind the net. Bennington literally just rolled around back of his net, stuck his arm out and, 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 and clotheslined him and put him down and, and, and hit him right in the face. Zucker goes down, flies into the wall really hard. Uh, and, the, and the referees knew something happened and, and called a four-minute high sticking on Bennington, <laughs> even though Bennington didn't hit him with a stick. So when they went to review the four minutes to see if it should be a five or a what, they said, oh, he didn't even use a stick. We can't call a penalty for high sticking, and we can't change our call to interference or roughing or whatever the fuck else he did. So he just got away with it. So no penalty at all on Bennington for, for doing that. Um, but then Rust, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Zucker did uh, score early in the next period to, to knock him out of the game, which was fun. Uh, Bennington went past the Penguins bench and, and started talking shit and got a 10 minute misconduct for inciting. I think they called it. I mean, he dudes off the rails and, uh, and, and Thomas Grice came in to replace him and was skating into the net and fell into the net and knocked the net off the moorings. That was a, uh, that was a lot of fun. So 
The Penguins went on to win that game 6-2. to And how bad? How bad is the Blues defense, did you ask? And how bad is their penalty kill? How bad is the Blues defense and their penalty kill? I already asked that a while ago. Oh. Well, I'm going to tell you. Kasperi Kapanen, who's been out of the lineup for a healthy scratch for most of the season, who they're completely fed up with uh, over the last two seasons. I, I can't even understand why they resigned him this, this past offseason because he doesn't seem like a popular guy. Such struggles to score. Ends up scoring a hat trick <laughs> of power play goals against the St. Louis Blues. That's uh, bad, that night. Yeah. Now, I should say, one of them technically was not a power play goal. The power play had just expired. And uh, he scored that, that first one after the power play expired. But the second two, the last two were were on the power play. So, I mean that their penalty kill is atrocious. Well, did you did you also point out the fact that after Zucker got his face raped by Bennington, he scored on him afterwards, and then ben, oh. Bennington, when he was leaving, yelled at the Penguins bench. Tom, about you're, you're going to have a real good time tomorrow when you listen to the podcast. I, is he mocking me? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> you hear that? I was, sure I was, all that? No, something's going on at home. I was, I was texting my wife. Sorry. Oh. Well, you should have been listening because he mentioned just the okay, those good. two points. <laughs> that was almost word for word. Ah, uh, perfect. Uh, yeah. Good. <laughs> Damn it. So that's uh, the we might we might be having COVID shit at home. Fuck. Oh boy. Oh boy. Anyway. Oh boy. I'm so happy I'm here with you, Steve. Great. Awesome. <laughs> Put a mask on. Bring it to you. He's gonna be like, all right, I can't stay here anymore. I'm gonna go go visit Billy then. Billy's gonna get yeah. kick him out. He gets COVID. Maybe, maybe, so go, like, maybe go to the hotel room that you have that's sitting in. No. So I guess that brings it to me. Yeah. yeah oh, great. I love this this cleanup spot that I've become so accustomed to this season. Um Devils continued the streak of uh, friends and rivals teams being acknowledged by the NHL. Uh, last week, it was one of the Islanders. This week, it was Vitek Vanacek being uh, named the second star of the month in the NHL. My, how far the Devils goaltending has come this year. Uh, in terms of the games, um, they lost a really weird game to Nashville on Thursday. They gave up goals in the opening minute and the closing minute of the first period. They gave up the game-tying goal in the final minute of the third. And they gave up the game-winning goal in the first minute of overtime. So I just thought that was really weird that all the goals were scored in either the first minute or the last minute of a period. Um, they they were outplayed this game. They they scored three in the in the second, but uh they they really just were outplayed by 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 a more veteran team. It was the first game they lost this season when Nico Hirscher registered a point, uh, and that took them on to Saturday against Philadelphia, where they again got outplayed for the first thirty to thirty five minutes of the game. Um, they were lucky to get out of the second, tied at one, and apparently in the locker room, the players all looked at each other and said, "Look, we've played like dog shit for forty minutes." And we're tied. Let's go out there and just play a real tough 20 minutes and, and take these two points. And that's what they did. They got a, they got a lucky goal. Thanks to Carter Hart and uh, Jack Hughes scored a, a nice solo effort goal. 
Um, they did let Philly get close to, to, you know, they cut the lead to three to two towards the end, but they were able to, to, to slam the door shut and, and seal the victory. And again, like I said before, that was a great win for Akira Schmid, um, proving to be a very valuable backup for this team. And that was it. They had a very light week. They got a light week coming up, coming up uh, Tuesday against the tomorrow against the Blackhawks. Friday against the Islanders that, that Nick mentioned, and then next Monday against the Rangers. Um, 24 and one, the fourth most wins in NHL history after 25 games. Um, this is the fewest games it's taken a Devils team to get to 20 wins. And last year, they didn't get their 20th win until March 6th. They're also in the middle of an 11 game road winning streak, which is the longest in franchise history. Uh, and they lead the Metro by eight points, which is the same difference between second place and fifth place. So, like I said, playing above their heads. Let's just hope they can keep it going. And now it's time for Trivia with Bill. Ugh. Now this is the wrong bell. Which team has won the most Stanley Cups? New York Yankees, 26. Uh, no. It's got to uh, be one of the original seven. It's original six. Yeah, so yes. So Arizona? You got Arizona? Yeah. Arizona's not original six. Uh, Yankees was wrong, by the way. I, I didn't no. get around. Uh, uh, Montreal team. Maroons. Uh, no. Got to be some tie-in with Tom Brady. Montreal I'm going to say, I, I I'm gonna say the Patriots. Was, Tom Brady? I, I had to figure it was some Canadian team. <sighs> the Toronto Roadrunners. Ooh. No, it wasn't the no, San Antonio Iguanas. What are you talking about? That was a minor league team of some kind. The uh, purple, purple the Quebec jersey. Nordiques. No, no, not the Quebec Nordiques. They were originally yeah. in Canada. The, yes, but not an original six team. And I like if you won the most Stanley Cups ever, why would you move? I, I don't know. Toronto um, That's a basketball team. No, what's wrong uh, there, buddy? I now have a dog in the room. All right. It's not a dog. What are you talking about? I think. Um, how about the uh, California Seals? How about the California oh. Raisins? Oh, heard it through the grapevine. Oh, I can start. We got to erase this. No, they, they didn't win. the California Raisins did not win the most Stanley Cups ever. I can't even believe that I have to tell you. Uh, the Vancouver Millionaires. No. Are you sure? About yes. the uh, <laughs> duh. How about the uh, Montreal Expos? Ooh. What's it? That was it's a baseball team. They okay. if they won anything, it would be the World Series trophy. Oh, duh. Maybe maybe the Toronto Blue Jays. I, I uh, we could stop naming baseball teams. Uh, this. I, I don't I don't even know how to go back and explain like was it the, wait podcast. was it the Toronto Argonauts? Or it's a it's a hockey related question because my book it just says trivia book. book. It's a trivia book. NHL. You see NHL <laughs> my trivia book. It that means that everything in this book is related to, to hockey teams. So going like Argonauts, like I think it's like a CFL team. No, it, no, we're not. It's a, a hockey Calgary team. Stampede. It's a NHL hockey team. An NH- no, not the Oh, I thought you said now. CFL. I'm sorry. <clears throat> NHL. Okay. So 
Original six. Chicago okay. Blackhawks. Ooh, that's one of the original seven. Good job. On the original six. Yes. But Detroit no, Red Wings. No. no that Boston Bruins. It wasn't the Bruins. We're, I think we're getting warmer. New York Islanders. Uh, that's not an original six. Then no. The seven. New York Americans. No. No, it's not. The entire country? I just Canada. I guess just Canada. <laughs> Oops. Can we have yeah. the multiple choice, please? The multiple choice. A Boston Bruins. We already know it wasn't that. B the San Jose Sharks. Ooh. C the Montreal Canadiens. D the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, Tampa Bay. That, that's no. why they call it Champa Bay, right? They've won the most in the last like three years, but no. Not not Tampa. So that's that leaves you San Jose or Montreal. Uh San Jose Sharks. And incorrect. incorrect. Ooh, we were so close. Oh man. We were so close this time. Montreal Marlies. Wait, what it's was it? Not a, C, you, you want me to? C was Montreal Canadiens. And, and that's the one we didn't fit. So, I'm say it's, well, no, no. Uh, Nick, Nick, what do you think? It's your birthday, Nick. What do you think? Nick, Canadians, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Good job. I'm going to pass out before we even get past the end of the show. Ugh. I'm so tired. Which brings Jesus. us to impressions with Nick. Fucking great. Ladies and gentlemen, the Prince Rebel Podcast. Ready for the fastest two minutes of the Site 45 show. It's 20 questions power play. The group is two minutes to guess a famous player, coach, front office, or any famous person associated with one of the four friends and rivals' favorite teams. The group can ask up to 20 questions in rapid fire. While our host, Nick, likely fails horribly with answering and keeping track of all questions asked. Answers will only come in the form of yes or no. Group will have to make a final guess once they hit 20 questions with power plays inspired. If the group is successful, they win for the week and avoid shame for unable to win in a children's game. And away we go. Let's go. Is it a player associated with Pittsburgh Penguins? No. Player associated with the New York Islanders? Yes. Is this player also associated with one of the other three teams? Yes. That, that Ooh, was is this player associated with the Rangers? Yes. Was this person associated with the Devils? No. That was important. Okay. That was Ranger Island. Uh, was this person a defenseman? No. Was this person a goalie? No. This person a player? Yes. Yes. Okay, so who's a forward? Forward. Yeah. What? Is it Pat Lafontaine? No. P.A. Parento. <laughs> it can't be no. two weeks in a row. I should have bucked up on my freaking uh, Patrick was... Flatley. No. Was this a player, a player in the 90s? 
yes. So I would bet you 90s into 2000s or 80s into 90s, given his, the way he answered. This music's very disconcerting. It really, it sucks. How do they do it on Joe? <laughs> Come on, Tom. This is your team. Is this an all-star? Uh, yes. Ooh. All-star? This team? Is it Brett Lindros? No. No. 90s all-star. Islander Ranger forward all-star. Yeah, 90s all-star? Bill, you, you did say Ray Ferraro, right? Yeah. On every vacation... <laughs> Doing ads? I, I don't understand how it just started playing again. <laughs> it's got a mind of its own. Who, who, who played for both teams? I feel like this is exactly the same thing I was racking my brain over the last week. Yeah. And I feel like we came up Slightly with a long list. You guys stop asking questions. You just start naming players. You, you probably need to ask more questions. That's a question. Narrow it down. What's this favorite breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> Nationality. All right. I mean, you could go. you could just tell us if you want. Was he a yeah, black guy or a white guy? <laughs> <laughs> yes or no? Answers only. <laughs> Was he white? Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> I'm answering that one. <laughs> uh, All right, final guess. Let's go. Nigel Dawes. Steve Thomas. And... No, Steve Thomas is never a Ranger. Oli Jokinen. That was the fucking. That was the schmuck from. Oli Jokinen. Was he in the, into the 2000s? Yeah, but he, he played Way in the 90s. In the 2000s. I think yeah, that question really threw you for a loop because I said I said it was seven. probably nineties into the two thousands given the way. Yeah, he but Ole Jokinen was the guy I said last week that cost the Rangers the playoffs in twenty ten. Why did you pick Ole Jokinen? Because he shares a birthday with me. Oh. Uh, uh, and he's played for ten teams. Pretty pretty wild. Wow. I didn't realize we are, he's only forty one. The, the running total, we are three for five. Yeah. Ugh. Been a that was bad a tough one. percent power play is pretty good. With back-to-back -back losses. We need to, yeah, we need, to, we need to practice the power play. Yeah. We need to just get a whole list of who was on the Islanders. <laughs> right. If this keeps up, we might need to have a players-only meeting. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. All right, let's go this date in Steve's stomach. <laughs> oh, that feels better. Brought to you by Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Well, I'm here. We're saving calories. Well, I'm here. 
sacrifice labor no round here Coke Zero's the way to go This one's going to bring us to the year of our Lord, 2015. 2015. Please go to uh, November 19th. Ah, my wife's birthday. 2015. No shit. Says it right here. Lauren's birthday. No Says shit. It right here in the planner. I had no idea this happened on Lauren's birthday. Uh, Coca-Cola <laughs> Zero Sugar 20 Ounce and Candy for breakfast. Uh, oh, Shake Shack, Shake Shack uh, Cheeseburger with Shack Sauce, Cheese Fries, and a Coke Zero because you got to balance out the cheese fries with the Coke Zero. Uh, 20 minutes on the elliptical. Dinner was a steak quesadilla with chips and a Coke Zero uh, from La Casa de Tortilla. La Casa de Tortilla. Wow, you speak Spanish? Why did you pick November 19th in the year 2015? I'm really surprised you don't have this written down in your book. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how I don't have one asinine story that you've picked off of the internet written down in my book. Well, no. This was the day that 40-year-old Rich Smith of East Brunswick, New Jersey, was arrested (gasps) for aggravated sexual assault and uh, an aggravated assault on an unconscious patient. Tom's a creep. Tom is a weirdo. Where does he come up with this shit? It's so disgusting. Oh, was this was the creepiest one yet. What's that? This is the creepiest one yet. <laughs> no, I've oh had that God. written down. You're absolutely Question. right. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite surprised you didn't have that written down in your in your little, little book. I might write it down now retroactively. <laughs> so I never forget. I know that. Um, let's see. Let's get out of prison then. In honor of that, can I give you just a quick... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a 40-year-old <laughs> hospital worker... From Princeton was charged uh, with sexually assaulting a female patient at the University Medical Center of Princeton at Plainsboro. Authorities said Thursday, Rich Smith, um, blah, 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 who was an employee at the patient, uh, was charged during an investigation. Uh, he touched an unconscious 25-year-old patient inappropriately. Hospital officials called police and notified them of the sexual assault. Rich was then sentenced on uh, July 26th of 2017 to 12 years in state prison after admitted that he assaulted two, not one, but two women. He must serve 85% of his term, making him eligible for parole in when, Billy? Uh, uh, Probably somewhere around 2027. 12 years. That's retroactive 2015. Or does it go from oh, the sentencing it? date? I, I, I don't know how this I, works. I never I never served time. Me, Nick, you're gonna have a lawyer either. in the family. What's the answer? <laughs> you should ask him. I don't know. <laughs> um, it looks like uh yeah, it was retroactive in 2015, not not on maybe, no, so only like three. 
coming years up away. Yeah, he might be listening right now. Well, he only he only had to serve eighty five percent of the twelve year term. So, Watch I think what he's looking for is eighty five percent of twelve years. Bill, go. That's really, what I'm looking for. And go. Oh, fine. Jeez, I'll get my calculator out. What do you want from me? 0.85 times 12 is 10.2. So 10.2, oh. so 2025. 20, 20, oh, yeah. Is that what it just said? Yeah, it just said that. Oh, no. If it was retro, if it was retro to 2015. Yeah. Uh, 2025. Uh, 10, 2025. That's what he said. Okay, yeah. good. Wow. That was what happened in Steve's stomach. That didn't happen in my stomach. Fuck no, buddy. <laughs> you could pin a lot of shit on me, but not that. Yeah, but how many times were you incapacitated around him? You don't know. Quite a few, actually, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's going to do for us. I don't have any of my notes, so go at Twitter, at Friends underscore Rivals, Facebook, YouTube, at Friends and Rivals Podcast. Uh, when you're on YouTube, click comment and share. Turn on notifications of our podcast so you never miss an episode. Billy, say something, Woody. Two guys are in a bar having a drink, and then one guy says to the other, you know, my wife's an angel. And then the other guy says, you're lucky. My wife's still alive. Oof. I see my, my my stepfather told me that one when I was over there last week. I thought it was the best ever, so I, I wanted to share with everybody. Old people humor is fucking awesome. That, that, that's great. Just sing about it. Oh.